So sitting in front of me right now, not only one Parker Thune, but it's the 2023 uh, recruiting class rankings, right? Uh-huh. And I just, I, I don't know, just something that just hit me right before the show today. It's interesting because I look at it, OU still the number seven overall class, right? And just a few points out from being inside the top five. Their highest ranked class of the, what, in 20 years, probably? Been a long, been a long time, right? It, it's just interesting because before the year, when we talked about expectations, what's the ceiling, what's the floor, did we even utter six and six as the floor? We did not. I don't think we did. Seven and five was the floor right. that we all. So, worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario for the 2023 season happened, right? And I guess this is my uh, opportunity or chance to offer up something positive. Hopefully it'll work. Probably not. But OU just had worst-case scenario happen on the field with the 6-6 six and six season. And, Parker, um, we thought that this recruiting class was going to completely crater as the losses mounted. But as worst-case scenario has now unfolded after 12 games, they still have the number 7 overall class and a real chance here of finishing inside the top 5. Again, I don't know if that's going to do anything for anybody. I just thought as I looked at it today saying, dang, this is the worst year they've had since 98. And they still got a chance to finish in the top five. Fascinating. Which, that is something that we were, similar to how we had not even broached the idea that 6-6 and was on the table for this football team in preseason. Back in January, February, even March, man, we didn't think it was remotely a possibility that Oklahoma could have a top five class. No. We were saying that 6-10 to range was probably most feasible. But as things stand today... If Oklahoma picks up a couple more additions down the stretch, the likes of Peyton Bowen, Cecilia Kana, David Hicks, Damian Sanford, maybe another guy here and there that isn't even on the radar right now. You know, Taylor Wine came out of nowhere. Ashton Sanders kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, as Oklahoma rounds out this class, they're going to have a shot to push into the top five. They will. And especially given that this is the worst season in terms of record and in terms of on-field product that this program has witnessed in nearly a quarter century that's all the more remarkable and your top players um seem to be all but locked in uh jackson arnold basically said a couple of weeks ago on a ref pregame show shut up stop asking me about it pj atabari's like <laughs> what are people talking about what's going on so hey there is just a little slice a tiny slice of optimism to maybe fill your day today before we get back to the real world and the real problems that are going on with this program right now. I don't know. Hopefully it did something for you. I'm going to guess probably not, but we'll monitor the text line today to kind of see how people are feeling. And I also wanted to do that this opening segment as well because, you know, largely how this class is viewed, I think overall, regardless of what happens, It'll be viewed as a nice recruiting hall. One of your better recruiting classes that you've had in a while, I think. But, obviously, there, there's some... If you can close on two of the final three top 100 players, um, people are going to feel even better about this class. So, you out there on the text line, how do you feel about what I think we should dub them the big three? Hicks, Bowen, and Akana. And let's start with probably the biggest fish out, out there, Let's start with David Hicks. I'm just interested in how everyone's feeling about that situation less than a month until signing day. 405-651-3439. We'll go down the list with all three guys, but let's start with five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. Do you feel hopeful? Do you feel optimistic? How do you feel right now where OU sits and their chances to land him on signing day?
Well, yeah. I, I'm not saying that he is going to announce on signing day, but whenever he makes his final decision. You, everyone knows what I mean there. If you held a gun to my head, I would say DJ Hicks and Damian Sanford are both Sooners in the end. But you can't take anything for granted, especially, especially in this Especially in this one, man. Like, you, you just can't. You just can't. You can't have any expectations, and you have to figure that if it breaks OU's way, great. If not, it is what it is. Because you already got burned once. And do you really want to set yourself up emotionally? No. To let yourself. I'll answer that one for everybody <laughs> without looking at the text line because I'm answering it for myself. No. So, again, like I'm just telling you, there's a very legitimate chance that DJ Hicks ends up a Sooner on National Signing Day. And none of you should have that expectation for your own good. Um, I'm very confident as far as Peyton Bowen is concerned. I feel and good about that one, too. I, I feel better about the, that one than I have in months. I really do believe as we get closer and closer to National Signing Day, this thing is increasingly imminent, and I think he's a Sooner in the end. I think there's too much going for Oklahoma in that recruitment for him to be able to say no in the end, and I do not think he sticks with Notre Dame. It's what we talked about last. Like, you really need to close out on this one because of the situations that you were referring to. You've got two things in your corner that, you know, should really help push you over the top. The girlfriend situation – how many times have we said girlfriends are undefeated on this show? And the fact that his teammate is five-star QB commit Jackson Arnold. Those are a couple things in your favor. You got to close. I mean, let's be honest. You got to close out this recruitment when you have those. When they, And how many times he's visited Norman. He probably visited Norman than anywhere else, yeah. including Notre Dame, who he's committed to. Now, I feel really good about Cecilia Kana, and that's because OU feels really good about Cecilia Kana. And you don't get that kind of confidence – from within the Switzer Center, unless the kid is really heavily favoring yeah. OU. All right, and let's, if you pay attention to his social media feed, it's a lot of OU stuff, man. Gunny says, I, I feel pretty good on all three, honestly. 405, heck no, we don't get Hicks. 405, I know they didn't rank them the way they do today. Does anybody know roughly the recruiting classes of John Blake's last two years and Stoops' first year? No. Uh, That's right before the beginning of the internet recruiting era. Desperately hopeful. Uh, 918, two of three, not getting Hicks. 918, 25% on Hicks. Hey, let me me tell you, there's another interesting wrinkle to all of this. And one listener from the 405 just brought it up on the text line. Would Texas A&M's defensive line coach leaving help OU with landing Hicks? There's smoke he might go to Nebraska. And yes, there oh, is sure. smoke. Yeah, it, there it, is smoke he especially might go to this late in the process. I mean, that's a that's like a wild card that you throw in there. Like that yeah, that could be a, a very big deal. Yep. It would be like if uh if we were talking about OU's chances and I'm not saying that A&M's D-line coach is valued the same as Todd Bates. But it would be like Todd Bates about to take another job. Yes, we would be talking about how that would heavily influence OU's chances in that recruitment. 405, as for me, I'm tired of hearing about Hicks or the others. You're tired yeah, of hearing I mean, about David Hicks? Aren't we all at this point? I mean, sure, but I, it's like the biggest I, – I don't know. I, Peyton Bowen is really, really good, so I don't want to definitively say that one is better than the other. I mean, you can go by rankings who's ranked higher, but – I mean, come on, David Hicks is pretty important here as we uh, close out the cycle. Shark asks, what are the odds that Jumbo Fishback in College Station loses his job? 
Does that impending move by the Texas Aggies affect those recruits' frame of mind? Yeah, I don't think Jimbo's losing his job. Uh, I think Daryl Dickey was the sacrificial lamb yesterday to keep the peace down in Aggie land. But again, there is some belief behind the scenes that Nebraska could be in play to swipe Elijah Robinson away from College Station. And if that happens, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, and I'm not saying it does, I don't want people believing that it will. But if that happens, all of a sudden, you're feeling really good about DJ Hicks if you're Oklahoma. 918, their first text. Welcome to the text line. No, uh, Hicks is a no. Values NIL. AM will outspend OU. Bowen, it says Boomer Sooner. Akana, no idea, but would bet on no. <laughs> okay. So OU's going one of, one of three, but getting Peyton Bowen. Okay. Uh, we are getting all three. Mark it down. 918 Sooner in Owasso. 405, chance uh, any of them don't sign anywhere on uh, ESD. You're talking about the first signing day? Uh, I, mm, I, I guess there's technically a chance that none of those guys sign coming up here, but I would guess at least one of them signed on that first signing Peyton day. Mullins, That's what you ask. Uh, Peyton Mullen's about ready to have this thing over with. Um, and by the way, people are asking what's his ties with Nebraska with regard to Elijah Robinson. Well, back in 2014 and 2015, as well as 2016 for that matter, so he was, he was, he was at Temple for three years. The head coach that he worked under at Temple – over that three-year stretch was none other than Matt Rule. That is why Elijah Robinson to Nebraska is starting to make yeah. some sense. And he got Marcus Satterfield, OC out of South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina fans are ready to fire Marcus Satterfield about a month ago when they lost to Missouri at home. But dude turned in massive offensive performances against both Tennessee and Clemson. And now he's a uh, hot commodity with Matt Rule. And, you know, I was talking to a source down in Columbia – couple days ago said hey there's a legit chance spencer rattler decides to leave for the nfl after the two games he just had <laughs> which i'm just like okay, okay. i, I know luck, spencer i know I rattler know, has man. always wanted to get out of college football and off the man. league as fast as possible but man especially with how deep this qb class is i uh, you are really pushing all your chips to the middle i'd be looking at coming back there spencer no offense uh guy from guyer i'm going with the nightmare scenario none of them sign with ou USC is going to win the national championship, and then Parker is going to start watching soccer. Yeah, uh, I can tell you at least one of those things absolutely will not happen. Uh, I don't know which ones is more likely, USC winning the national championship or Parker starting to watch soccer. Hopefully it's Parker starting to watch soccer. No, unfortunately it's USC winning the national championship. It is. Um, this listener in the 918 says, I was also tired of the Bowen talk till I watched him play. Dude is the truth, and there should be a sponsored segment daily for that kid's recruitment alone. Yes. Absolute difference, man. Yeah, and forget what he brings on the defensive side. Uh, the guy is a legit special teams threat that I would think that you utilize in Norman if he if he does end up signing here. Yeah, um, Zach said A&M would probably wait to announce a defensive line coach move until after signing day. Well, the ball's really not in A&M's court in that regard. If Nebraska wants to hire away Elijah Robinson – Elijah Robinson doesn't have to wait till National Signing Day to make that move. So there's not really anything A&M yeah. can do about it if Robinson wants to sign on at Nebraska and the Huskers can get that deal done expediently. So, again, that is something to watch. 
You know, something else I noticed in the recruiting rankings that I thought was was interesting, not all that surprising because, you know, some tend to, tend to think that your recruiting success is directly tied to your overall success on the season, which that's not, that's not really the case. And if you look at the top ten this year, Parker, it's, you know, a bunch of teams that had disappointing years this year. Bama's going to have the number one overall class. This is their most disappointing season since what? Um, I guess at least 2019 when they didn't make the college football playoff. Georgia at two, they're having a great year. Notre Dame at three, I think that they would dub their season a disappointment. Texas at four, they were eight and four, but maybe they feel like they missed out on an opportunity. Heck, who knows how they view their season. LSU's at five, okay, they won the West, but they had a really bad loss to end the year. Ohio State at six, they want to fire Ryan Day. OU at seven, they were six and six. Florida at eight, they didn't have a very good year. Clemson at nine, they didn't have a very good year. Miami at 10, they were a complete disaster. So there's like two teams that are going to fit, or that are at least in the top 10 right now, that you would dub saying, yeah, they had really successful years. Everyone else was kind of a, a disappointment this season. This is interesting. This listener says, prediction, OU and Nebraska will become the new Alabama and Ohio State. If you're talking, like, uh, recruiting powers or getting to play, like, when it matters. If you're telling me that OU and Nebraska are going to get to play more often, sign me up, please, and let's make it on rivalry weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Because as it sits right now, Parker, Bedlam's going away, Right. You're not moving OU Texas from the second weekend of October, at least I don't think. So it might, like the future schedules might resemble what this past weekend looked like where everyone else was playing a rivalry game and you're playing someone maybe completely random. I I don't know. I'd be down to get OU Nebraska back on Thanksgiving weekend. Man, that would be fun, wouldn't it? I'm all the way in on getting that game back on the schedule on a regular basis. I don't know how feasible it's going to be. 10 years or even 20 years down the line, but OU Nebraska is a historic college football rivalry that is good for the sport and good for both of those programs. Yeah. 405-651-3439. Ton of text rolling in on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We're asking your thoughts on uh, how you feel about David Hicks. Let's uh, let's go to more about Bowen and Akana when we get back next. Uh, you, some of you sending your thoughts about Hicks and Hicks alone. Well, how do you think OU currently sits with Bowen and Akana, both top 100 players. We'll get to that and a lot more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref for the Homo Sooner fans, the ref army listening worldwide again today. We've got our first listener documented in Morocco today. Morocco! Yes. Are they listening from the Rock of Gibraltar? Uh, I can't tell where exactly. Well, I can tell exactly where in Morocco, but I cannot get a city name down. Mexico City is tuned in, Ottawa, Canada, Montreal, Canada. So, we're worldwide today. And in the States, Foxborough, Wisconsin, didn't realize that was a real place. Midland, Texas, Youngsville, North Carolina, 
Birmingham, Alabama, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Salisaw, Oklahoma, which hey, is hometown way east, way east, not yeah. far from Fort Smith. Been through there a time or two. I wonder if they get a lot of uh, or get some hog fans over there in Salisaw when you get that east. Uh, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma. Matt Wells is like the only notable person that has ever been born or lived in Salisaw. Well, if that's wrong, the Ref Army will get at you on the text That's line. true, they will. That, that I have no doubt. Um, so this is a recruiting show, a recruiting hour. We will continue to be a recruiting hour as we get closer to signing day. But now more than ever throughout the next month, this will be a recruiting slash transfer portal show because multiple players uh, are announcing their intentions to enter into the portal by the day. Uh, and that is the case. It's being reported by Pete Thamel that Texas quarterback Hudson Card indeed plans to, hand, uh, hit, to do a head into the portal. That's not a shocker at all. In terms of guys in the conference this year that played meaningful snaps, Hudson Card was probably at the top of the list of guys that we thought would you know, indeed head to the portal. Quinn Ewers will be back. Arch Manning's coming in. There's really not a place for Hudson Card to get playing time next year. He's going to enter into the portal, and I believe, Parker, he may come out of the portal as a starting quarterback at a Power 5 school next year. The first text we got this hour was, Hudson Card over DG? Question mark. So that's the point to which we've gotten on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Steve Davis, also from Salisaw, by the way, won a ton of games as a starting quarterback oh, Steve for Steve Davis OU. was? I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, thank you, text line. Told you. If you were wrong about it, then they were going to get after it immediately. Steve Davis uh, was from Salisaw, and so was Tom Jode. Uh, all right, cool. 405-651-3439. If you want to hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say, "Hey, what about Hudson Card to OU?" Just like they're saying, "Hey, what about Luke Altmeyer to OU?" You want, you want me to shut this down once and for all? Please think about Hudson Card's family situation. Hudson Card enrolling at the University of Oklahoma would be like Colton Vosick enrolling at the University of Oklahoma. His family is a bunch of UT boosters. If he goes anywhere in the portal which it looks like he's going to. It doesn't seem like he's coming back at this point. That opportunity has passed him up at UT. But wherever he goes, it's not going to be OU. Now, Luke Allmeyer, I think that's an interesting possibility. But again, I think you would have to lose a scholarship quarterback via the portal in order to go pick one up like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just think that the sell to a transfer quarterback is going to be really difficult again for OU and probably even more difficult than it was the last time around. Because, you know, Hudson Card is leaving because, well, the starter's coming back and a five-star quarterback's coming in. Is that not the same scenario we think is going to happen at OU? The starting quarterback is coming back and a five-star true freshman quarterback is is coming in. It's just, you know, maybe they will get someone. I would love for OU to add Luke Altmaier. I think that'd be fantastic, but... The the sell is just really hard at this point. Somebody said, wait, Hudson Card. I thought Hudson Card was mid. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Hudson Card is decidedly mid. Uh, somebody said, watch, Hudson Card to TCU. Does Duggan yeah, have any eligibility left? He, he can come back for another year. Okay. I would I would think that he probably would come uh, back for another year. I, think it, I don't know if his pro prospects are, are, are that high. I think it depends on what happens down the stretch here for TCU. I think the last two, three games of their season, however many there are, could go a long way toward determining that. Now, I do know that 
well, I, I shouldn't say I know. I have heard speculation that Chandler Morris could be looking to enter the portal, which would make a lot of sense because he got Wally pipped at yeah, TCU. Yeah, he really did. Right, so him leaving, him finding a new destination would not be out of left field. And if Morris is gone, if Duggan is gone, obviously if Duggan's back in 2023, he's your guy. But if he's gone and Morris is gone, then, I mean, shoot, TCU's probably in the market for a transfer quarterback at that point. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's feasible. Off topic, but I do want to address this from the 918. Would be nice if you guys could do a remote in Tulsa Midtown area. Well, I've got great news. (laughs) I've got great news for you. A week from Friday, one week from this Friday, is Tulsa Day. Toby is going to be live on remote in Tulsa. Plank is going to be live in the 918. Parker will be live in the 918, and I'll be up there as well. And then, if it doesn't get any better than that, a whole day dedicated to Tulsa a week from Friday. Saturday, I'm going to be doing a postgame show at Lefties on Greenwood after the OU Arkansas basketball game. So, you ask, oh, we are about to deliver. We will be in Tulsa a week from Friday and even a week from Saturday. So... If you're going to ask for it, you better stop by these remotes. And maybe, just maybe, during the uh, Monday morning meeting yesterday, I suggested and it was approved a Tulsa Day Ref Army t-shirt that we're only going to make for the Tulsa Day. You know? I mean, Tulsa is a massive part of our audience, so it sounds like we're going to make a t-shirt for Tulsa Day to hand out that says Ref Army on it, and it also says Tulsa Day on it. So, I can't wait. Tulsa Day is going to be awesome. Speaking of Tulsa, we have a text from Joe in Tulsa regarding the quarterback situation. Joe says, We have been told that the backup QBs weren't ready. But Levy used Gabriel as a freshman at UCF and had him ready, so lack of time or being a freshman wasn't a problem. Clemson used a true freshman in Trevor Lawrence, so Venables knows freshmen can play. Booty and Bevel showed positive signs last year. What failed? Development, scouting, recruiting, player analysis. There was no way we missed on Bevel, Booty, and Evers. Something went wrong somewhere. Well, look, if your standard, if the standard you're holding these guys to is future number one overall draft pick Trevor Lawrence, then those expectations are set way too high. Way too high. And look, just because Dylan Gabriel was capable of playing as a freshman does not mean that every other quarterback is capable of playing as a freshman. Dylan Gabriel, if you uh, by every measure, Dylan Gabriel is one of the 25, 30 best quarterbacks in college football here I, in 2022. Yeah, I'm good with that. He may be second team. We were talking about it yesterday on the rush. He may be second team all Big 12 quarterback this year. Yeah, he may and be. And if you really go down the list and think about other teams' quarterback scenarios, you might say to yourself, oh, dang, that kind of sounds right. Yeah, he might be. Heck, could he be first team all Big 12? I think Duggan's going to be first team. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, Duggan, and honestly, Duggan should be Duggan should be first team yeah. All Big Twelve quarterback. Uh, I here's the deal. I don't think Joe, you said there's no way we missed on Bevel, Booty, and Evers. You're right. I don't think there is any way you missed on all three, and I don't think you missed on Nick Evers just because he only threw one pass as a freshman. In general, true freshman quarterbacks do not see the field. Caleb Williams is the exception and not the rule. Sure. Trevor, so, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he saw the field, but it was it went halfway through the season, I exactly. guess, that year. Now, as far as Davis Bevel and General Booty, I mean, you get what you get in those two guys. I don't think either of those guys came to Oklahoma, and I don't think Oklahoma brought either of those two guys in with the expectation that they were ever going to be the starter 
unless something went awry. And obviously something did go awry. Dylan Gabriel suffered a concussion against TCU. But I don't think it is an indictment of OU's evaluation at the quarterback position, the fact that Davis Bevel and General Booty are, well, to put it kindly, they are what they are. And what they are is not the type of quarterback that OU fans are accustomed to seeing lead their program. The plan was always to go Dylan Gabriel to either Nick Evers or Jackson Arnold. And I think that's still the plan. Yeah, I do too. Sam and Edmund, Bowen, 90%. Akana, 90%. Hicks, 65%. Sanford comes as the bonus. However, something needs to happen soon with one of them so we can move on if it doesn't go our way, whether that be portal or trying to flip some kids. Hey, I would take your percentages, by the way. Bowen at 90, Akana at 90, and Hicks at 65%. I'll roll with that. And if they get all four of those guys that you're mentioning, they will absolutely be a top five class and they'll be really pushing for a top three class. And if you're looking for some positive momentum into the offseason, there, there it is right there, man. There is your positive momentum. Now, I don't think that you should look at that top three class and say, well, here's eight of your starters on defense next year. Like, I don't think that's going to be reality. But you're looking for something to feel good about. And a top five, maybe even a top three class would be something to feel good about. But you got a long way to go to securing either one of those, especially I mean, even a top five class. You're, you're going to have to get some wins here down the stretch to get in the top five. <laughs> this listener says, Parker, you could have said Davis and General are booty. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, somebody did ask, what positive signs did we see out of Bevel? That would be my question as well. But, you know, again – I don't think OU ever planned on those two guys seeing the field if they could avoid it, if they could help it. And, you know, they got to a point where they couldn't help it. I mean, we, we said before the year, if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt, then all bets are off. Like, yeah, we know what they got via the portal this past offseason, but, like, we warned everyone, Parker. If Dylan, Now, I, I didn't think it was going to be that bad if Dylan Gabriel were to go down for six quarters, but... It was that bad when he was out of the game for six quarters. Yeah, last text here before we hit a break. Since we lost Anthony Evans, any chance we swing back to Malachi Coleman? Please just kiss the Malachi Coleman thing goodbye, folks, because, one, oh, you kind of strung that kid along for quite a while, and I think he he came to – how do I put this? He didn't appreciate it in the end because sure. he really wanted to – I'll continue to say it, like, and this will never not be the case – he really wanted to be a Sooner. He wanted to take that official visit, and he wanted to lock it in with Oklahoma. Oklahoma didn't allow that to happen. He stayed home. He committed to Nebraska. Well, guess what? Now Nebraska has a new head coach that everybody's stoked about. Mickey Joseph is well going to be retained him. on staff as receivers coach. You're not prying Malachi Coleman away from Nebraska. I don't think so either. Uh, Lewis Carter, who we brought up yesterday, like, all right, we'll see who Ole Miss hires. We'll see if that's going to be a uh, factor or not. Well, they hired Hugh Freeze, and – I don't think uh, – well, Hugh Freeze, I guess, can be a dynamic recruiter when he's, uh, you know, throwing out uh, bags to people on the recruiting trail. But they did keep Cadillac Williams on staff. They did keep Cadillac on staff, which was a good move. But I, I guess Hugh Freeze doesn't worry me about the commitment of Lewis Carter, four-star backer to OU. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I wouldn't be worried about Lewis Carter right now either. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. You guys are killing it! On the text line. We'll get to that and more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
just real quick to go back to the whole quarterback portal discussion because, yeah, Hudson Card's in the portal. Ole Miss quarterback Luke Altmyer's in the portal. Like, we have our own individual thoughts on, you know, if OU would have a chance with this kid, that kid, whatever. Can we at least go back to a couple of weeks ago at a press conference, maybe two weeks ago today, maybe it's three weeks ago today, when Brent Venables basically said that they're not going to go to the portal for a quarterback? I mean, that's what I remember him saying at a press conference, basically saying they're good. Now, thoughts and opinions on that can definitely change. I understand that. But I don't know how much of the situation is well, going to change from I that think time. What, I think what Brent was intending to communicate is we don't need a starting quarterback via the portal, right? But if you lose a guy or two via the portal from that room along the lines of a general booty, for instance, like if somebody like that were to make that jump, then it would make sense to bring somebody else in sure. in a certain circumstance. Now, you're going, to be, you're going to be bringing in one additional scholarship quarterback in the spring, obviously, in Jackson Arnold, which is great. Uh, but there may come a point in time at which the numbers compel you to look for an additional depth option at that position. But no, I don't think, unless Dylan Gabriel transfers, unless he just decides, I'm out of here, I don't think Oklahoma's going to be in the market for a quarterback that would have any hope of supplanting Gabriel as the starter. Polynesian High School Football Player of the Year finalist. Tassili Akana is one of the five finalists that are mentioned. Sky Ridge High School in the state of Utah. Uh, he helped lead Sky Ridge to a 13-1 record in the 2022 6A state championship. Tassili Akana, 63 total tackles, 34 solo, 12 and a half sacks. Dang. One rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown selected to play in the 2023 Polynesian Bowl. There's some other really good players named as a finalist. Nico Lamalieva, a five-star quarterback, being one of them. Uh, Makai Lemon, who I, th- I still think is a five-star receiver out of four Los star. Alamitos. Is he a four-star now? Los Alamitos, California. There's some really good players in there. Maybe Cecilia Kana won't win it, but uh, it's award season, and uh, he's racking up the awards at this time of the year. He's he's real good. That's a good football player, Tyler. Not overrated in the top 100. No, that's whatsoever. a very good overall all-around football player who is exceedingly versatile and could play a variety of positions at OU. Uh, I think he probably ends up at Cheetah, if I had to guess. 2024 quarterback DJ Lagway visited USC this past weekend. Has he visited every Power 5 school thus far? It seems like every weekend, um, every Monday I see, well, DJ Lagway really liked his Clemson visit. DJ Lagway really liked his USC visit. It if went awesome. If he's not a Florida Gator next week, I would be surprised. <laughs> I think that's where this thing is uh, headed. Text line, y'all were talking about DJ's Graham. Uh, DJ Graham's moved to wide receiver the other week, and I missed the conversation. Are you thinking he sees some decent playing time there next year, especially with the possible departures? Uh, On DJ Graham, man, uh, I've heard he has been very impressive yeah. at wide receiver in practice. And it's practice, right? So we don't know how much that is going to translate to the playing field. But, man, the reports internally on DJ Graham at wideout have been glowing. Like no. to the point where you don't hear you don't he- – I don't, I don't hear these people glowing about players like that all that often. So, yeah, I can believe that DJ Graham sees substantial action it, at receiver. It, it, it depends to me, like, who's, who's out. Um, but if Mims is back, I think Farouk is going to be back. I'm going to guess that Drake Stoops is probably going to be back. And then now maybe Nick Anderson gets in the mix. Maybe Jaden Gibson gets in the mix. you got some wide receivers coming in. At some point it's a numbers game, right? 
and we'll see if he's good enough to kind of crack the top. Because you got to be a top three, top four wide receiver to get kind of any looks whatsoever in this offense. So he's going to have to have one heck of an offseason to get, to get there. I mean, if you think about it, I don't know if there's going to be a tight end in this offense next year that – commands as much attention and demands as much targets as Braden Willis. That's, it's hard to believe that that would be the case. There's yeah. a portal guy out there that that's going to happen. Well, when you think about it, Theo Weiss, a former five-star in his own right, was option number four and at times option number five in this offense this past year behind Marvin Mims, Willis, Jalil Farouk, and at times Drake Stoops. So, yeah, you got to really stand out and make your mark at Oklahoma in this wide receiver room if you're going to see playing time and you're going to see snaps. Another guy a lot of people have forgotten about, but I think will be in that conversation next year for a lot of run, is J.J. Hester, who missed the yep. majority of this season with a foot injury. But once he's back in the fold, that's another guy that's going to factor into the conversation. Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson are going to make a jump year one to year two. I expect Nick Anderson in particular to start seeing the field quite a bit. Yeah, I'll be – here's what I think, Tyler – and that, there are people that just insist upon worrying about the wide receiver room and worrying to no end about the future of the receiving core. If you bring Marvin Mims back next year, great. That's awesome. He's going to be one of the most productive wideouts in all college football, I would venture to say. But if you don't, man, that picture still looks pretty dang good. You still got a lot of weapons in that receiver room. I'm not worried about the receivers in Oklahoma, with or without Mims. They, they do need to get better. Um, and, and I will say this, you know, I was, um, I, was, I, was, I was tough on them after that Oklahoma State game, and I think rightfully so because I didn't think they played very well. But all things considered in the Tech game, I mean, you had both Mims and Wees have career nights. I'm not saying that they were perfect, but they were a lot better, a lot better than they were against Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma Johnny, is Tassilia Khan of the guys uh, you guys said at one point that BV identified as the guys he's going to land, going all out for him? Yes, that is a BV special, that recruitment. Uh, somebody in the 918 said, y'all forgetting Gavin Freeman. It's true, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's forgetting Gavin Freeman in all this. I, I think Gavin Freeman ends up being the next Drake Stoops, and that's a real easy comparison to make, but I, I think he's the next Drake Stoops in the sense that he's a guy that's going to operate primarily out of the slot. They're going to get the ball in his hands often, and he's just going to inhale snaps. He will be on the field a ton. And he's already gotten on the field a ton as a walk-on true freshman. Yeah. Uh, as we get closer to signing day, we, we might do this daily, kind of run down what the current recruiting rankings look like. Because um, everyone's so jumbled together that a recruit or a commitment here and there can really shift things. Bama's at one. Georgia's at two. Notre Dame's at three. Texas is at four. LSU's at five. Ohio State's at six. OU's at seven. Florida's at 8, Clemson's at 9, and Miami is at 10. And i got to be honest, you know, Notre Dame's at 3. Good for them. They're in the top 3. But a couple of months ago, if you had asked me, hey, in late November, do you think Notre Dame would have the top 3 class? I don't think I would have said yes to that. I, in fact, I would have said no, because I would have thought by now that Peyton Bowen decommits and picks elsewhere, because it felt like they were really starting to... At Notre Dame's class, they were about to lose like 2 of their 3 highest-rated players, and Peyton Bowen is, is really going to affect their class. He's their highest-rated prospect, but Notre Dame's still hanging tight in the top three. I don't think that they're going to end up there, Parker, but it's been a pretty good recruiting effort by Marcus Freeman up to this point. They've had a good class. 
Yeah, they haven't. Marcus. I just don't, but I don't think they're going to end up in the top three. No, no. The top three will consist. I am almost. I'm almost 100 percent convinced that the top three is going to consist of Alabama, Georgia, and either OU or Ohio State. Yeah, potentially Florida. Florida could still make a run as well. Florida's going to have to make. Well, Florida's not that far behind OU. Uh, they're sitting there at number eight, just a few points behind OU at seven. Um, it would help if Ohio State could get Keon Keeley. But I, is the thought that Alabama still the leader for the five-star D lineman? I think he ends up at Alabama. Yeah. Yes. Did he take a visit to Columbus for the Ohio State-Michigan game this past weekend? I felt like they had a five-star no, in 2023. In I do kept up to speed on that. I just know Florida's out at this point, so it's going to be either Bama or Ohio State. And I would, I would lean towards Bama right now. Does Bowen uh, announce or confirm his decision roughly after the Texas State playoffs or go up to December 21st? I don't know, and I'm not going to – I'm not even going to bother trying to speculate and come up with a guess yeah. because I, I, I'm done trying to figure out what the timeline is there. 405-651-3439. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which, by the way, Geyer and South Lake Carroll talking about Peyton Bowen Saturday at 2 p.m., are, are you going to – I'm guessing they're playing that game at the Star since there's going to be another uh, football game going on at the at Jerry World? I might be there. Saturday? I'm not entirely sure yet. We'll see. I'll be somewhere this It's going to be a big boy football game. Two undefeated teams, man. And two high school football programs with a lot of prestige. That's like a, that's like a Texas high school football blue blood matchup is what that is. Geyer and South Lake Carroll. One final segment of Locked In is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Bob Stoops joining the rush next hour at 3.20. Be sure to uh, tune in for that. Here's something funny. I guess this is a uh, Miami radio station. So the Canes do a thing where students sign up and they bust them over from campus to the stadium, right? Because Miami doesn't have an on-campus stadium. I guess uh, zero students signed up to go to the Miami pit game on Saturday night, the season finale. So there were no buses that ran uh, with students over. So effectively, Miami had like zero students at the game on Saturday because nobody signed up to go. It was bad at Miami this year. They finished the year 5-7, and seven, but it was so bad that the students said, yeah, I'm good, I'll decline the free ride, I'll just hang out on campus instead of going it's to football It's just because there are so many other things to do besides watch college football in Shopping. Miami, Tyler. Mm-hmm. It's, it's – it's just like Los Angeles in a certain sense. Chopping is so much better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you see what Caleb Williams had on his uh, fingernails? Oh, I by saw the it. Way? <laughs> oh, I saw Jeez. it. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, Theo Weiss went on the Strengthening Oklahoma podcast, and they basically straight up asked him, hey, are you going to enter in the portal? And he said, well, um, I'm going to talk to my family, and we'll see what happens here in the next few days. 
But I saw a, uh, a an article on 24-7 Sports that already basically had him as a player that could make an immediate impact as a transfer next year. So Yeah, well, and when you effectively ask a guy if he's going to, the en- to enter the transfer portal and his answer isn't just a flat-out no, whatever the answer is, is code for yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All I want for Christmas is Bowen, Hicks, and Akana wearing the crimson and cream, says someone in the 918s. I think that's at the top of every OU fan's wish list. And if you can just get those three, man, it would be a loud, loud end to the recruiting cycle. Heck, I think... Give you multiple five stars, too. I think a lot of these people would settle for two of three, and even one of three would be cause for celebration right now. Um, I'll... Uh, two or three, please. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll take two or three. Okay. I'm Even not going to be disappointed if it's one of three, but I, I feel like two or three is, you know, legit here. Somebody asked, what did Caleb Williams have on his fingernails? Well, I can't tell you because it would constitute an FCC violation. So, basically, there are F- photos. An F-bomb on his left hand and ND on his right hand is what I think it was. Or maybe I mixed that up, but that's what his fingernails said. And he's one win away from winning the Heisman Trophy. The odds right now are heavily in his favor. Uh, Caleb Williams is minus 2,200 to win the Heisman. C.J. Stroud is next at plus 2,500, right there with Max Duggan. Yeah. So We all know. I, I think that even if he plays well and loses, there's a chance that he probably wins the award. Which sucks, I know. None of us are going to watch the Heisman uh, Trophy presentation because we know who's going to win. It's going to be painful, but... What won't be painful is that they get drugged by Georgia in the first round of the Peach Bowl. That will actually be somewhat enjoyable. And one of the few happy moments that we've had so far this year, this football season. I remember one of my former colleagues at Sports Illustrated turning to me at the Elite 11 competition in 2020 as we were sitting there watching Caleb Williams throw. And he said in total sincerity, man... With Lincoln Riley as his coach, that dude could win two Heisman trophies. That didn't turn out to be far-fetched at all. Well, that don't make everyone sick now, because if he's the first player to win two Heisman trophies since Archie Griffin, oh, God, it would be awful. All I want for Christmas is the exclusive number eight, says the 731 area code. Yeah? I, I You and everyone else at this point. Number eight and three top 100 players. That's all they're asking for. Not too much to ask. Bob Stoops coming up at 320. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Center fans.